BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And today I am joined by Danielle Boyard-Jackson, who is a friendship coach, which I've never, ever, ever heard of. So I think this is fascinating. And you were recently um, featured in NBC News, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, and so many others. Where I am in life, I'm fascinated by this. So, well, I don't know where to start. So let's just throw ourselves in there. Female relationships are some of the most complicated other than our obviously spouse than we can have. And actually they can be just as devastating and hard to keep together as a marriage. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about friendship coaching and what that sort of entails and why I would even find you. Yeah. It's funny. I I often make the joke that it's not like I was eight years old and I had become a friendship coach on my vision board. It definitely wasn't a thing and it was not on my mind, but I was actually a high school English teacher for six years and I was kind of unofficially coaching, you know, some of the girls I was working with between classes and after school, I heard all the drama, but when I left the classroom in order to get into marketing, I thought, Oh, I'm leaving that behind. I'm dealing with, you know, high powered, high achieving women but they were, as you know, they have their issues as well. And so that's when I realized at every stage of womanhood, we're trying to navigate relationships with other women. And so I became a coach. And for the past four years, I've been serving high achieving women who are trying to figure out how do they create and nurture strong female friendships? Because to your point, they can be really difficult. Well, I mean, obviously you're a female friendship coach or a friendship coach because I don't really think men have these issues. Why are we so awful to each other? That's what I find so strange. And that, you know, with everything going on and we have enough to worry about with children and how we look and performing and all of this stuff that we go through in life, why do we have to, as women, break each other down? And, you know, I'm on a a reality show, which is all about that. And I always think, God, you know, we're, women, we're so crazy. You don't see men doing this stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. You are right about that. There's definitely a difference um, between male friendships and female friendships. There are many, but a couple that might kind of uh, provide some insight as to the experiences that you have had and the observations you've made. You know, one is uh, research does show that our female friendships tend to be more fragile. And I think it's because the number one quality that women look for in a same-sex friendship is emotional support. So we do get very close, very fast. We are sharing. We are often exclusive in our friendships. So we're dyadic, meaning one-to-one where you'll see guys with a bunch of, a bunch of men around and they like big groups, but women, we tend to gravitate toward one-to-one, but because of that, that means the relationship is more intense, more emotionally invested. So when things go south, it really hurts and we feel betrayed and it feels like, you know, often my clients are saying that their platonic breakups feel worse sometimes than the romantic breakups because of how close that we've become. And because men don't typically get as vulnerable with their friendships, they don't typically have uh, friend breakups as well, according to research. And you might see that if you ask a guy, like how many ex friends he has, he might be like, what? But you ask a girl and we're like, oh my gosh, let me tell you the list of ex friends. And so there's a lot of research that does, that does support our, our relationships tend to be a little more fragile than men have when they come together. Do you think it's because we open up too much? You know, I always feel like, I mean, especially when you're going through something, right? You tend to lean on your female friends and then either you get through it, the other side and go, fuck, I wish I hadn't told her that much. And then I always put on this uh, show, you know, a problem shared is not a problem halved. It's a problem fucking shared and someone else knows it. (laughs) So keep your mouth shut. But (laughs) I wonder because there are so many different sort of sides to female relationships because you have the ones where you break up and the girls are so fucking happy you've just got divorced because now they've got a party pal. Then you get another one that's married that's absolutely devastated you've broken up because now if your marriage is shit, she might have to have a look at her marriage, which means her life Mm -hmm. is shit. So you lose another one that side. Then you get the ones that just think, you know, go to judge you because maybe you didn't behave the way they think you should have during the breakup. And let me tell you, during any breakup, there's no rule book. You know, you're on a roller coaster. You're sort of flying by the seat of your pants. You don't know which way to go. And these are, you know, so so there, I, I mean, I could keep going really about how to lose girlfriends along the way. And it shouldn't be like that. Why? Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I have a theory about some of the three common things that that bring women together. One of them is an emphasis on sameness. So that's why we like to say, oh my gosh, me too, me too. Like when we're trying to establish a new friendship. And so sometimes when that sameness is disrupted, there are problems. So if it's like, oh my gosh, I'm married too. I have kids too. I do this too. And now you're not married to your point. It could be threatening because it confronts me with the idea that it's possible that our marriages can break up. So that's scary. And sometimes they act like it's contagious. So they don't come around because they don't know how to to act. And then also they don't know how to relate to you in this new space. They've always known you being friends as, you know, couples, couple friends. And now they don't know how to continue to maintain the friendship with you as, as a single friend and how to navigate that transition. And so there is some, some weirdness there. And then also, yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, there tends to be some judgment as well. If they hear about how the marriage, you know, ended and they have thoughts on what you should or should not have done. And we don't ever want to feel judged in what should be our closest, most understanding relationship. And that can create some emotional, if not physical distance as well. See, I always laugh that that same, same, that's good. That's like monkey see monkey do, (laughs) isn't it? You know, it really is ridiculous. It's either monkey see monkey do or keeping up with the Joneses. That's what keeps people feeling comfortable. 
you know, if my, if I, and I say this all the time, if my marriage works with my husband that's 20 years younger, then, oh my God, everyone that's unhappy in their, you know, 20 year marriage might actually have to reevaluate. If she gets through the divorce without falling on her face, oh my God, you know, maybe there is a, there is a, a side through. So people kind of want to see you fail. And it's very, I find it very sad because some of, most of those people are your girlfriends because men don't really care either way. Men are just there. Yeah, that's totally true. And it's sad because we've like to think our friends, they're rooting for us, but sometimes some people are looking for validation in their own choices. So if I chose to do this, I want you to do it too, because that makes me feel like I made a good choice. So if you choose differently, it's like, well, what does that say by extension about how I chose? If, if you think that's the correct path and I, I see it on this path and there's kind of like some of that, that weirdness between us, but unfortunately, yeah, there are some friends who we discovered don't support us the way we thought they would during that transition. And that can be um, a hard reality to, to absorb. Why do you think women do judge other women so harshly? Because, you know, most rumors, most judgment comes from women on women, be it from clothes, be it to the way we act, being, you know, we're going through it, you know, oh my God, she's doing reality show. Oh my God, she lost her, left her husband for someone 20 years younger. Well, I mean, you know, and, but you know, if they could burn me at the cross at some point, they probably would have. Why? Why can't they just go, okay, that's not my path. That looks fun. I mean, maybe she's having a good time each to her own. Why is it so like, you know, why, why do they have to go so far? Why do women have to literally break somebody else to make themselves. And it's sad to, to see that happen too, right? Like we, and we know from experience, there are some handful of women who are like, girl, do your thing. I don't, I don't get it, but go do your thing or whatever it is. And they're able to separate. But like I said, I think so many women value feeling like we're the same. We're in this together. And I totally get you. You totally get me. So if you choose differently, it's like a disruption and they don't know how to wrap their mind around that. And also one of my theories too, I always blame things on the patriarchy. I wonder how much of it is that as an example, if I dress modestly, right. And then I see my friend is starting to to dress, you know, more free and she's more open. It makes me think like, well, gosh, I bent to the rules. You're not bending to the rules of uh, we have to cover up. That's what we're supposed to do. So I think a lot of our clashing ideas of, of womanhood, of marriage, of how we dress and how we behave, it's clashing ideas and ideologies around what that should look like. And I think it's so intense. I wonder with women, because when we come together, it's like, you're my safe space because you're a woman and you get it, but also secretly, are you my competition? Because it's like, I see you as a mirror of myself. And when women come together, I think that's why some women I work with are like, ah, you know, I want girlfriends, but I don't know if I, I have an aversion to women because of things that I've been through. And I totally get that. I wonder how much of it is because when we come together, you're faced with maybe certain insecurities about yourself. I am a woman. I look at this woman. So if I think that you're especially beautiful or witty or, or accomplished, I'm going to compare myself by extension. Am I those things? Am I desirable and, and smart? And you have some women who are totally secure with themselves and they're fine, but others when confronted with that mirror-like uh, state, it's, it brings out an ugly side. Let's say that. 
Let's take a little break from the show and discuss something you guys have heard me go on and on about, Truebill. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you simply don't need or simply forgot about. And this happens more than I care to remember. I sign up to things like wellness apps. My kids are spending the most revolting amount I've ever seen ever actually on games that they've forgotten about, buying skins and God knows what. And this could not be more of a godsend for me. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill, which is amazing because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in simply one tap. Think of it like a concierge when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They've already helped over 2 million users save over $100 million. That's insane. Like Matthew B., who said, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 a year on my DirecTV, saved $120 a year on my Cyrus XM bill, and saved $800 a year on my car insurance. I mean, it really is so clever. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash dnd. Go right now to truebill.com slash dnd. This could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash dnd. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. So how would you go about setting boundaries with your female friends? Because I, you know, my ex-husband used to always laugh and say, you know, you start from this place where everybody's your best friend. And then like a few months down the line, you'll go, I hate her. And (laughs) then I've got to get out of it. (laughs) I'm a little bit of it now. I think, you know, going back into a place of, you know, the, the world I live in and being on TV and doing all this sort of makes you a little bit more gives you a bit more boundaries, I suppose, but I made my friends and I like my, I'm, I'm like, I like girlfriends, like an old pair of shoes. I like to sort of stick, but I've definitely sort of been through a few this year and I've gone through something, what I call a cleansing. And I thought it was all me. And then I looked at each thing and you like, I'm actually happy and I'm happy where I am because I'm glad that all of this happened before I came back and did housewives and, you know, got into all this and that I cleaned out the trash before it cleaned out itself. <laughs> and, okay. you know, I want to stick to that and I want to make better choices. And I think, you know, I had to learn the hard way that being too nice does sort of open you up to being hurt much more by your girlfriends. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Good for you for realizing, okay, I think I need to trim my circle and be more mindful because especially if a woman is, you know, very jovial and gregarious, and that is very attractive to other women. And, and sometimes they consider themselves our friends very quickly because we have a chemistry, especially if you're an extrovert, a lot of people might walk away thinking like, oh my God, she's great. We connected. And that's a nice feeling. But when it comes to actual friendship, that does require more time because I need time for you to demonstrate, okay, you're trustworthy. I can share with you. And I trust that you'll keep it to yourself, but those things are only revealed to me through time. So when it comes to having true real friends, it is something that takes time and we have to keep our eyes open to discern, okay, who's a really fun hangout buddy and party girl and who's somebody I can really trust. And I can invite her over and the house is a mess and my makeup's not done. And, and I trust that this is a safe vault and that she's not going to judge me for it. You know, there's research that actually suggests that we can only maintain three to five super close friendships because of how much it demands of us emotionally and cognitively. So if we are trying to walk around with 15 different women as friends, it can be a struggle. So we've got to make sure we find those three to five who are really close and then invest the time and energy required to, to keep them close. No, I mean, I do that. And I've definitely done that. I invest everything into my friends to the detriment sometimes of my relationship too, because, you know, I have always been in relationships where I've been, you know, fairly lucky. And like Sergio will say, you know, as in the, the, the men have really wanted to spend time with me, right. And really want to be with me. So my girlfriends have really, Im, you know, impacted that. And I've always, and, and in the past, I've always made the choice to, not give up my girlfriends and, you know, always be with my girlfriends. And like now I'm in a very different kind of relationship where I do everything with my new husband, because I've learned that, you know, a lot of those girlfriends aren't there when you're even more super happy. Right. So mm. or when you found your rhythm, so I lost so many then. So now with Sergio, I'm not making so many of the same mistakes. Like I don't dump him at dinner to go on a girl's night out anymore. I don't do that. He, he wants to come. He always comes. I'm like, there's nothing I'm not going to do on a girl's night out that I couldn't do in front of him, you know? And I, I'm in the totally opposite thing where the girl's like, oh, you know, or he's always got to come with us. But, you know, I've understood that to make them happy, sometimes you have to make your spouse unhappy. And I'm not prepared to do that anymore. I mean, I don't, you know, like a girl's night once in a while is fine, but it doesn't interest me anymore. I've done it. And if it's going to be upset him over them, which is what the girls always want, you know, I'm not prepared to make that decision because I've had long, long time girlfriends that I loved. And for whatever reason, things have changed in their life. And I've understood now. And you, you sort of hadn't got the explanation for your own breakup because women sort of like, they just distance yourself. It becomes awkward. You know, just something's changed. It's sit, then it's in the, your belly and then it's just over. I think there's just, there's, it's very sad, but there's just not really any way back because you miss periods of time in each other's lives. And as much as, you know, you have a fondness for that time, and I'm trying to believe now that some relationships are just for a moment, for mm -hmm. the moment that you have, I don't know, to get you through the divorce. Maybe you find that perfect party person that wants to go everywhere with you. But then when you find the guy and she's still single, then it doesn't work anymore. You know, I'm lucky, as I said, I try and make everything work now, like Sergio does the girl thing. He does the couple thing. He does the single thing with me. It's fine. You know, he's just easygoing, but I've decided not to prioritize my girlfriends completely over my over my relationships anymore, because at the end of the day, girlfriends, they, they, they are so difficult. They are, you know, I I've gone through quite a lot in the last, well, two years, probably 
And it just depends where you are. Like if, if you become more successful, if you are doing things that they want to do, or maybe you took a path that they would like to take, but haven't got the balls to do it yet. You know, all of these things comes into it and it's exhausting on top of children in a normal relationship, wondering what might set them off. So I think boundaries are key. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it takes, I mean, you've been through experiences that have probably made this really clear for you, but it does take really knowing yourself to be able to communicate what those boundaries are and hopefully finding people who have an alignment with that and they respect it and they don't try to push it. So whether it's emotional boundaries and you're like, Hey, I can't talk about certain topics because it makes me feel some kind of way, or I don't want to participate in certain things, or you can't call me at every hour of the night, whatever it is, the better we are at communicating it, the more likely we are to have it respected because now they can't say they didn't know. And then it becomes a matter of, are you going to honor it? Because I told you that this is my capacity or this is what I'm comfortable with. And hopefully, hopefully we can find girlfriends who, who get that and they support it and they're willing to accommodate it. I find it really difficult because I'm also a talker. Like if a girlfriend pushes me long enough, I'll just spew it all. And then I go, Fuck, told her everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's things like that, that I've just got to get better at. But, you know, I think, since I got divorced and since I've made, you know, a very different life change with my life, I made so many new friends. And I think sometimes that's, you know, again, that's okay. And I think people worry about themselves. I think it's okay because you're in a very, very, you know, my, I, I get that my husband's 20, 20 years younger. So maybe, you know, my older friends don't really want to sit at the table with him. I don't know. I haven't asked, but like, you know, like the older sort of more traditional families, maybe we are scary to look at. Who knows? I think sometimes when you are completely changing, it's good to change. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a loss. It can be like, okay, I'm, I'm growing. It's just, you know, I outgrew certain people. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There's research that suggests we actually replace half of our friends every seven years. So to some extent, there is going to be like a natural pruning that happens in our friendships and we have to be prepared for it. But I would hope to some degree that does happen because you should have new people in your circle who support the 2.0 version of you. And so if you have held on to a friend for 10, 20 years, I think that's definitely a beautiful thing. But at the same time, um, women do tend to have newer friendships than men have. One thing that determines women's closeness a lot of times is who we tell things to, but for men, it often tends to be who they spend the most time with. So they tend to have friendships for a longer duration, even though it might be superficial and they hang out, but women, our friendships are, are deeper, but they might also be a little bit newer because we tend to be less tolerant of, of different violations and things like that against each other, unfortunately. Yeah. I see men go and play paddle or they go, you know, play football, kick a ball. They don't really chat. You know, they don't really go deep. I mean, maybe if one's going through a divorce, he may or may not, but they tend not to because a man, you know, men don't really open up because they don't really know where they are. You know, they haven't mm -hmm. decided when a man's going through his own trauma and divorce and whatever else, you know, they want to leave the door open that they can, you know, they don't go, want to go off and trash their wife in case, you know, they decide to go back women forget about that because they're so angry and so immediate. We go out and go, you know, fucking hate him. And the next week they're like, you know, you're back together. And then you've got to like dig yourself out of the conversation you've just had with each other, which is hilarious. But I think, you know, I think also we make friendships, we can make friendships sometimes at the wrong time. And when you're in a divorce or going through a tough time, you can be weaker than normally. So normal. So maybe your judgment isn't a hundred percent spot on. And I think mm -hmm. that also 
is a dangerous time to switch your friends. I mean, I loved what you said. Every seven years, we kind of change our friends. I really agree with that because I am a totally different woman to the one I was in England, to the one I was in, you know, before when I was young and in America and all of these other places. My whole mindset's changed. My whole life has changed. I don't recognize, I look at old pictures. It doesn't even look like me. I don't feel like it's me. I don't even remember that girl. So I, I think it's really exciting. And I'm about to embark on a completely different life. So it's like starting all over again with a guy that is, I'm living, you know, my reliving my youth with him. So it's fascinating. And I do believe that, you know, I have met some wonderful people this year that I will consider, I think, well, hopefully friends of the next seven years. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I love that you can look back at photos and be like, oh my gosh, I've changed and kind of like witness that and be proud of that. And sometimes, yeah, our social circle has to kind of match that for us to get the support and understanding that we're looking for. What do you think about, so this isn't my last topic, ghosting, because I'm fascinated by this. I think it's such a shitty way out. Have some balls, say what you sit, feel, and tell someone. Why can't people do this. It drives me crazy. Yes. Yes. I know that that's a big issue in both like the romantic sphere and the friendship sphere. And you know, because you used to date them or you know them and they're your friend, you know that they don't live, leave home without this attached to their cheek, that the phone is right. literally <laughs> surgically attached to them. But suddenly they, they you know, suddenly what, a few months later, they, they can't find it. Yeah, that is uh, really difficult. I don't know if you'll find this interesting, but there's this research study that suggests that people who believe in soulmates are more likely to think that ghosting is okay. And it's because they believe that, like if you believe in soulmates, you believe that this person is either your soulmate or they're not. They're either the person or they're not. You don't believe that a relationship is malleable, that you can like work through it, that you can make it what you want. So if I think that you either have it or you don't, then with friendships, if something goes wrong, I'm just like, oh, I'm out of here. I don't believe deep down that we can talk about it, work through it. I can announce it. So people who have that belief, according to research, are more likely to think it's okay to ghost. But I know for women, we tend to do it because, you know, a lot of times we keep things suppressed, 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 and there's something she did, but we like hold it in or we minimize it or whatever. And it gets to a point where it's just too much, but we still are so uncomfortable with confrontation that we'd rather ghost. And sometimes we justify it with things like, well, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings or it would just be so awkward to tell her why I'm mad. I don't want to make her feel weird. So I'm just not going to do it. But obviously we know that's a, that's a cheap way out. And the harder thing, but more mature thing to do is to tell a friend straight up, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. At least it's out there. And so I might be upset with you, but at least I have to respect you. I just think it's such a coward's way out. It really is. It yeah. takes two <laughs> minutes just to even say, look, it's just not working out or you know, you're not right for me or, you know, a girlfriend friendships that are ghost that ghost you too. So if you've been through a relationship, any type of relationship where you've had a proper relationship with someone over years, not to have the full answers and not to be able to have closure, mm -hmm. even if it's closure, even if you say to the person, it's, we're never going to be what it was. And the funny thing is now, you know, a few of the ones that sort of uh, not ghosted, ghosted, but have just fallen by the way path for me. And I didn't bother picking them up. I got through it now, but I see that when I see them or going forward that they would like to pick it back up, I don't think I can because of the way it was done. It was so, it wasn't a respectful sort of like, you know, I didn't get my closure. I didn't get to understand. 
So I kind of, when you do that, you shut down everything, I think. Because you, mm-hmm. you move on. You're like, you're not going to beg. That's for sure. I'm definitely not going to beg a girlfriend. If they don't want to talk about it, then that is just it. So I think, but then you pass a point that of no return, really, which is always sad. But, you know, do you think you can come back? From some friendships, yes. From others, you feel like you've seen another side and it's hard to unsee it. Or even if she apologizes, you you got to be honest with yourself and you're like, ah, oh, I, I don't forgive her. I can't get over it. So for some friendships, I have seen, I've, I've heard a lot of women tell me stories about like, and then five years passed and we came back around, you know, but for other women, of course, they just, they just can't get beyond whatever severed or created that emotional distance. And, you know, and that's fine too. That's how things shake out sometimes. Oh, I haven't got to five years past. Maybe I'll, I'll rethink. Maybe I'll <laughs> soften by then. Well, thank you, Danielle. This was fascinating. I do think that there should be more of you out there because female friendships are just as important to women as male friendships, really. And, and, and husbands sometimes. So, and you know, and actually it's a very complicated dance to dance husbands with their female friendships, because a lot of husbands Mm -hmm. don't approve of female friendships or are, what do you call it? They're kind of, you know, worried about female friendships. They think we all sit around and talk about dick size and planning to leave our husbands, (laughs) I think all day. And that's not necessarily true. So it's fascinating. I think more should be taught on how to sort of navigate that sort of very complicated dance that we have in life. Yeah. I I appreciate you. I always say that, you know, if we have a business and we're an entrepreneur, then it's normal for us to get business coaching. And if we're having issues in our marriage, we go and get a marriage counselor. And so I always argue why not normalize getting support for what I would argue is one of the most important relationships we'll have. And that's our friendships. And so hopefully friendship coaching does become more of a thing because I think a lot of us could benefit from that kind of support. A hundred percent and well done. So thank you so much for coming on Divorce Not Dead. This has been fascinating. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 